Hey, pussy, are you still there? I actually admire that you can actually be this fake in, like, when the TV comes on, how you can just change. You're the f- scum of the earth. The only time to miss, I couldn't do it. The only time I couldn't do it. Look at me now. Look at me now. Yo, yo. Yo, what it do, what boy? Happening, man. Welcome back to another episode of Over the Octagon, fresh off of UFC Vegas 87, Rosenstrike versus Gaziev. Um, yeah, we can get into a little recap of that. We got a big day of recordings planned. Uh, so anybody watching this video, if you're not already, um, you know, make sure you subscribe to the channel, like the video, leave us a comment, let you know let us know what you think we got some fighter interviews coming up and then as always ufc 299 next saturday um has all the makings to be just an absolute classic a banger prelims everything about it so very excited about that Uh, but yeah let's talk about ufc vegas 87 let's recap that a little bit for anybody that didn't watch or uh, that did watch, let us know your thoughts in the comments. Uh, but the thing that stuck out to me the most, man, we had a bunch of undefeated fighters on this card. A um, couple of them lost their zeros, right? This one. Uh, Basharat as well. Basharat on Basharat? the prelims. Oh, yep. okay, 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 okay. Yep, the okay. Afghanistan fighter Basharat lost the decision uh, to Ayman Zahabi. And then your main event, Rosenstrike beat Gaziev. Now, Gaziev had a lot of hype coming into this, was the favorite. Like, Gaziev made of gassed out. Yeah, I think he gassed out, brother. And I've never seen – no, I shouldn't say I've never seen I definitely have seen it. I didn't expect him to quit in the corner. Yeah, well, based on, you know, because obviously I I was gone all day yesterday, so I was kind of like keeping up the best I could. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I came home and wa- rewatched a lot of it. But it's he was trying to say like he couldn't see. Like, yeah. which, I mean, sure. But like he showed no effort to to like try. He, qu- he quit. He quit. So in the he corner. essentially quit. Exactly. Yeah he, yeah, he quit in the corner. Um, really disappointing, and I think a sobering and humbling moment for him. Uh, you know, Rosenstroke is the 12th ranked heavyweight. No, uh, heavyweight's not a super deep division. I mean, I guess if you, uh, I mean, it's not a super deep division of like dominant heavyweights, like it's not have, a very talented division at all. Yeah, no. so it's you, a lot of guys who have heavy hands who are yeah. just big dudes that can, that can bang. Right, um, and then it, it, any fight could go either way. You don't have have many Tom Aspinalls or John Joneses or Cyril Gons in the heavyweight division. Yeah. So, right. So if you can't, my point in even saying that is if if you're if you're quitting in the corner against the number twelfth ranked guy, uh man, I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be tough tough moving forward oh, for buddy. for Gaziev, and I think he got uh big time fraud check. So if we're if we're if we're looking at fraud checks with we we brought out a couple weeks ago, I mean this is this is one of the biggest ones right here. That's definitely it definitely is taking that taking that zero off of someone, especially I mean, and it puts Rosenstruck back into the um, back into the top, you know, the top ten fight next fight comp- uh, conversation, which he was there for a while and kind of moved back after losing a couple. So 
Absolutely. And and I'm not going to go down all of these unless you really want to. Nah, um, but I think, you know, uh, let's see. We had Mohamed Mikhaev win a decision against Alex Perez. He remains undefeated. Uh, really close decision. Uh, yeah, I think but, there was even there was even a round given to Perez. I mean, I agree. Yep. Uh, and and you know, Makayev really was just like spam shooting takedown, spam takedown, spam, but like wasn't landing them. It, and I almost think when you when you fail so many takedown attempts, it almost has to go against you. Yeah, like I mean, he was three for twenty. Yeah, it's that's just absolute crazy, terrible. Like, I'm just going to say this. Like, I know you guys talked about it earlier, but if you're undefeated and you can barely pull out a three-round decision against a guy like Alex Perez, who, one, is a dominant wrestler. He's great, but fights very rarely, has pulled out of many fights before, mm-hmm. and you're, you're, like, going on stage expecting a title shot, like, I feel like what you did yesterday was not deemed worthy of of title shot. You know, maybe top three, but not not a not a title shot right off the jump. No, I think you need to prove yourself. There's many of other guys in below you who have proven themselves. Yeah, I mean the the flyweight division can get a little shallow, so I I think that's what even puts him on such a short list to be in that conversation. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean like. He's got to beat like a Kai Car France or um, I mean, I mean we just Al-Bazi saw is the one Amir El Bazi, uh, Brandon Moreno, Brandon even Revolve. Brandon Moreno. He like to take away from Brandon Moreno's reign. I mean, yeah, he just lost a cl- close decision to Brandon Royval, in my opinion. Wasn't yep. like, and to be honest, I thought Moreno won that fight, but that's just me. Um, sure. So to take a guy who was a dominant champ like Moreno and just say like, like a guy who's twelve, yeah, I get he's twelve and zero, but I mean his best win to date is Alex Perez, and he lost a round to him and only got three takedowns, at, and he's supposed to be like this elite grappler guy, you know? Yeah, I agree. I and like I said, I think when you go three for twenty, it actually. It, it like hurts the, you the yeah, the three that you got it's like all right um and because his his striking is not bad i mean he was he was having some success striking sure and so I, it's just i don't know something about it felt off to me i know you know everybody has excuses when they have a bad performance and and whatever but i don't know if he's was hurt or it just didn't look right yeah it but, looked but mad you know, if you think but, about it though that's just yeah, he's he's undefeated, but that's his second bad performance in three fights. Right. I mean, he almost lost to Philo. He almost got leg locked. And, I mean, and yeah, he came back and won, which respect to him for coming back and winning that fight. But, like, like you're getting close wins against guys who were, you know, not even top ten. And yeah, you're, you're jumping up. I mean, I get it. You're undefeated, sure. But – I think we're starting to get to this point in our in in MMA where we see someone twelve and zero, and we automatically think that they're just fucking God God's gift to the martial arts. When right. in all actuality, the and I know this is gonna I'm gonna say this, and this is not normal for me to say, but you have a guy like Khabib who who did go 
28 and zero, like 29, yep. 29 and zero. I'm sorry. So that that's double this guy's record plus some. So right. like that is, that is what you would recognize as an undefeated fighter. Like there's so many 12 and O's out there now. Like it's almost like becoming normal to see 12 and O. we have Vitor Petrino 11 and O. you know? Yeah. Where's the, where's his, Oh, you're undefeated. Let's push you to a title shot. Like, come on. Yeah. Like we gotta, yeah. we gotta stop looking at the zeros and just start looking at the performances. And I didn't think he performed good enough for a title shot. So I, I th- yeah, I, I, I do agree. I do agree. And that brings us to our next undefeated fighter on the card. Umar Magomedov. Sure. Fought, uh, Baksat Amakan kid, young kid from Kazakhstan came in 11 and one, um, but made his us UFC debut. Um, I don't, Against I don't, savage. yeah, I don't know if there's any harder UFC debuts than with the one backs that just, just had, um, and he got respect to him because his stand-up game is incredible. Sure. Um, yeah. Umar did not want to see him on the feet. Nope. Um, but his wrestling was terrible. Umar really dominated. Uh, you know, I would have liked to see a finish from Umar, um, instead of the decision, but I mean, dude, those scorecards were crazy. There was a 30-25 and a 30-26 yep. in those scorecards. I mean, for a three-round fight, like that's just – I mean, he dominated Boxot. But, you know, to – But, hey, all, if we're going to be honest, though, that first round, if, yeah, Umar, we, if Umar was not a good wrestler – Yeah. Yeah, Boxout would have won that fight because yeah, he, clipped him. he clipped him hard and he was rocked bad. Yeah. And if he wasn't able to get that single leg and be a good, a good, as good of a wrestler as he is, he may not have survived that first round. Well, and you know what's interesting about that, and and since you kind of caught some of this stuff on the back end, you may not have saw this, but they asked him about that. DC asked Umar about that at the end of the fight, um, in his Octagon interview, and Umar was out. Yeah. So he he was out came to and he said oh i guess i'm in on a takedown that's crazy that's crazy (laughs) so like he clipped him knocked him out or you know maybe whited out a little bit or something and then came back and and his legs were there so he grabbed his leg like oh i guess i'm i mean we we kind of called that though i mean we said that going in that box had a puncher's chance this whole fight box I don't think Almacon is finished at all. Like you just no. fed him to the fucking lions and of he the bantamweight division. Three rounds without getting finished. Yeah, I mean, and, he got beat and, up, but yeah, but but you know he's really young too. So I I expect to see him again and to see you know some of those highlight KOs that he's already had in his career. I think Almacon can definitely deliver some more highlight uh, knockouts and TKO performances in the UFC. I'll say um, this, and before speak, we move to the next one, because this is going to feed into the next one. I was going to say he's going to be a scary like guy to stand and bang with. Boxot is in the future, yeah. And another guy that's scary to stand and bang with is Steve Ursek, dude. Absolutely, yeah. So, so speaking of highlight knockouts, um, Steve Ursek's boxing is crisp as hell. It's so nice, bro. Matt Snell, it looked really close. Um, kind of going in that first round and, and Snell, like, you know, Snell throws hard, man. And, dude, they and both throw hard, man. And Ersic's I know chin, yeah. dude, you, you saw some of those connections there. There was one scram, like there was one, like, like combo, like trade off between them two, where yeah. both of them caught each other, like 
twice in the, the straight on the chin. And both yep. of them were just like, bam, 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 bam. And then yep. they both walked away like, oh, shit. One of us well, almost got knocked that's out. That's the thing. The combinations, when they were both letting them fly, I really thought in the first round favored Snell. Snell. Yeah. And then in that second round, man, it was like Ursa that one crisp. Just, he was just Bam. dialed. He, yep. had, he had seen what he needed to see. I didn't hear anything from his corner, but maybe it's something his corner had noticed and pointed out to him because um, I think it was a, a left hook. Um, but, I mean, it was perfect. It was right on the chin, right yep. on the jaw, um, and Schnell was – out cold did I mean, you that, hear that i did TKO. see the uh i did see a video on twitter of the oct or i guess the ref yes. walked up to him after what well, that's so savage <laughs> dude <laughs> yeah like, so i don't know just, what looked worse the punch or you hitting your head on the canvas when you fell like yeah, damn dude that's savage so for anybody watching the video that didn't that doesn't know what uh dirty birds talking about the the referee of that fight um went up to Matt Schnell after the fight and said that to him. I don't know what was worse, that or your head hitting the canvas. Yeah. Um, just like fuck, man. You know, but I'm sure he had no idea what happened. I yeah, mean, he, he probably was, didn't. He was out. He yeah, he was completely unconscious. So I'm sure he had no idea what happened. Um, but that was that fight there is what started the main card. Um, just absolute banger. Yeah. Uh prelims prelims i thought were better than the main card sure truthfully um you know eric anders jamie pickett eh whatever um but you know jamie pickett retires you know i don't think that's a big loss for the ufc um but you know good for him decent career 24 professional fights you know winning record not much of one but a winning record i mean when you get fed to bo nickel yeah, on his <laughs> on his right. run, and then then you lose to Eric Anders. Yep, and then we had, Man. I think the best fight. Um, well, maybe not the best fight. Well, actually, yeah, it definitely was the best fight. Oliveira versus Sapage. Oh, uh, the flying knee off the off the cage was all yeah, right. So, was so nice. that 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 fight, uh, Vinicius Olivero Oliveira versus Bernardo Sapage, uh, bantamweight fighters. Oliveira was a on Dana White's contender series, got a contract in the UFC. Bernardo Sapage stepped in on short notice to make his UFC UFC debut to take this fight. Um, and it was an absolute war. Yeah. Through three rounds. And that third round, Oliveira was just a fresher fighter. He beat up Sapage's leg crazy. They had to carry him out of the octagon before they could even announce the decision. Yeah. His coaches carried him out. He couldn't walk. His front his front calf was just vicious, um, which is what started the flying knee knockout, right? So he he hit him. He kicked him in the calf again, sent Sapage like stumbling backwards. He couldn't put any weight on it. Um, and Oliveira hit one of the most insane highlight knockouts that we've seen this year. Nasty, bro. <laughs> Flush on the jaw. Um, folded, folded old boy like a lawn chair. Yep. Uh, but again, so Paj is good, man. He's talented. He looked really good. I mean, he was winning the striking rounds. exchange. Yeah, he was looking so. really good in the first two rounds. And he's extremely – both these guys are really young, man. And hopefully a knockout like that doesn't kind of derail so Paj's career. But uh, really good, just absolute insane. That had to be fight of the night without a doubt. Um, then we go down to a, your other prelims. 
let's see. Zahabi won the def- decision over Basharat. Uh, Basharat had a lot of hype going into him, in to this. Um, and he looked good in the beginning, but then, you know, he just wasn't doing enough. Zahabi was winning, started landing more strikes, ended up edging out the decision. Uh, CLD, Christian Leroy Duncan. Um, this dude is massive yeah. at middleweight, brother. Um, he's an English fighter. He, I believe, trains um, with uh, the middleweight champion of the world. And so now, you know, he gets Claudio Ribeiro. Uh, same thing, kind of really technical, really kind of close matchup in the first round. Um, and then CLD just put him away yep. in round two. Dominant, looked amazing. He has a very bright future ahead of him also at 10 and one. Um, yeah, but I mean, and then, you know, you had Abdul Kareem El Sawadi got knocked out by Radzahabov. No way I'm saying that right. Radzahabov. And Ludovic Klein knock out over AJ Cunningham. AJ Cunningham was just un, like way overmatched in this. Yeah, fight. I agree with that. Um, but I mean, we started the prelims off with three knockouts. There was four out of the six fights on the prelims were knockouts. We're about to finish up. Um, so it begs the question that we brought up on Twitter this week. And then, and then, and I don't want to get too deep into it cause we're running out of time, but, um, you know, is it better for the UFC to put these cards together that maybe seem less attractive to your casual fan base or and have less of them and then stack more quality fights later or is it better to just have more fights more cards more fights uh more people getting seen and i think if anything the prelims alone on this showed us that the more fight nights and the more saturdays we get to watch ufc um, the more the entertaining and the better it'll be. Yeah, I, I will never change my stance on that. We've seen it time and time again. Um, you know, where we think a card is going to be trash. Oh, this sucks. Look at this. This is stupid. And then you end up just seeing ridiculous knockouts and highlights. So, I mean, it, it, it's just people wanting to see big names. That's as simple as that. I mean, if you want to watch martial arts and fighting i understand when people are like well you know why don't you just watch the other organizations it well the other organizations aren't on every fucking saturday or every week like the ufc is one fc's on we watch that on fridays you know um and then we get ufc on saturdays it's like why why would anyone want less i don't know i can't figure that out it doesn't make sense to me if you think that the UFC should do less events and shouldn't have these fights like they had last night, leave us a comment and tell us we're fucking idiots on that one too. And tell us why, because I can't for the life of me figure out why you would want to have less of these fights. Exactly. You had had so many amazing fights. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know why you would want to see less of it. No one wants to go back to 2000 when we had seven events a year. No. Like, yeah, the more the better, here, man. The and more the more the opportunity to showcase fighters. For sure, for sure.